Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the Waffling Tailors podcast. What's great about this is that we are back. We took a bit of time off just to sort of uh, go back at one episode in your uh, in your subscription to hear the reasons why we took some time off. But we, we are back. Things change slightly from here on out, but hopefully not too much. We have some brand new music and we're starting this lot of episodes off with um, an interview with uh, Stan from the Zero AD team. We're going to roll that in a minute. But firstly, I want to say hello, Squidgy. Hello, Squidgy. Hello, Squidgy. Hello, Squidgy. This sketch was brought to you by the future, which is um, not Ironically, not now. Yes, it is both not now and also not when the next time you hear that sketch was recorded. Roll the music. everyone and welcome to another episode of the waffling tailors podcast uh, i am one of your hosts i am jay sometimes known as a progman joining me as always is squidgy hello squidgy how are you squidgy hello squidgy how are you squidgy hello squidgy <laughs> Indeed. Also, can i actually blink now because we're staring quite intently you you can blink if you really feel like you need to ah in that case i won't then oh fair enough because you don't really need to okay um <laughs> But uh, we're not just us two today. Uh, we're joined by uh, Stan, essentially from the game, the company, the, the company, I guess. Yeah, the group of people that are bringing... Yeah, it's a group of people. Okay. The group of people that are putting together a game called Zero AD. And it's been... The development, we'll come on to it later on, but the development of this game is completely open source. Anyone can join in by the looks of it. And it's been going on for a while, but we'll come on to that in a moment. But first, welcome to the show, Stan. Thank you. Well, I'm happy to be here. Uh, it's a pleasure, actually. <laughs> Fantastic. Fantastic. But yes, um, so we'll talk about the game in a moment, but just to give a really brief intro, it's a real-time strategy game, and we talked about those when we last had Chief on the show. What um, he talked about. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, that's what I... So for people who are new to the to the show, uh, the, the show is essentially Squidge and I talking about video games, and we have lots of interesting people on, and one of our friends, who goes by the name Chief, or Chief Problems, decided he wanted to do an entire episode just on real-time strategy and real-time tactics games. Cause oh, yeah, there's we, a difference. we didn't have a choice. Yeah. He just said, we're doing an episode on this, and just <laughs> yeah. actually down on that was it. Doing this. <laughs> Turned up with like three pages of notes and said, yep, we're doing this. So, Thanks. you know. And yeah, so we've talked about um, in the past on previous episodes, there'll be a link in the show notes. We've talked about real-time strategy and real-time tactics games, but we haven't really done a deep dive on one specific game, but that's why we've brought Stan on. So we could talk about um, zero AD in a bit more detail. Um, and we'll do that in a moment, but yeah, uh, before we do that, we're going to talk about the the games that we've recently played. So, uh, Squidge, what have you recently been playing? I know that we've, it's not been long since we've recorded the last episode, the, the, uh, the inside baseball talk there, but what have you been playing in the last 24 hours? Borderlands 3 and Diablo 3. Oh, okay. But this is Diablo 3 on a different console because I've got two separate versions and there's a new season 
So I've been getting all the season exclusives on the second console, because why not? <laughs> okay. I mean, if, you, if you're having fun, what's the problem? Right? Well, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm watching stuff on YouTube while I'm doing it, so... Exactly, but you're still having fun, though, right? And that's the important thing. That's why these, you know, video games exist, so you can have fun in whatever mm-hmm. definition of the word fun is. Um, what about you, Stan? Have you been playing any games recently? Uh, yeah, I've recently set up um, a Raspberry Pi, like, and I got a bunch of uh, old uh, retro games. So I just like played Worms yesterday and a very old uh, SNES uh, Mario Kart, which was like completely awful to look at but it's fun anyway (laughs) yeah in 1992 they actually got most of the stuff they use like uh, in all the games they keep remaking every time so it's you know it was fun and of course well i try to play a little of zero ad when i can but yeah mostly hacking around more than playing Excellent, excellent. Um, well, for me, I spent part of this afternoon. Um, so in real life, I work as a developer and I start my day at about 6 a.m. just so that then I can get into the early afternoon and have the early afternoon to myself. Um, so I spent a few hours this afternoon playing Final Fantasy IX again. Um, you'll be happy to know, Squidge, I got past the bit that, uh, so I was, there's a, there's a part of the game where it says, do not choose magic users because the next part of the game, you can't use magic. So I chose magic users, not really paying attention to what was going on. <laughs> it took me an hour to fight this boss, <laughs> and, but I killed it. <laughs> That's, it yeah. took me an hour, but I did it. <laughs> so I'm quite proud of myself with that um, because you can't use the magic that the magic users have, but you can use the physical attacks. So there I am with Vivi at level 27 hitting this thing, and it's taking down 60 or 70 health, but it's, I looked it up. Before I started the fight, how much maximum health does it have? 20,000. So it took a while. <laughs> so, so just imagine a really small dog trying to attack a giraffe. Yeah. Exactly. That's essentially that, that's what it was. Yeah. <laughs> that <Yeah>. was. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, um, I also managed to, I've uh, picked up, ready to pick one of the two. So I'm uh, just for a little bit of background knowledge for people who are listening and for yourself, Stan, on the Switch, I'm doing a one-in, one-out. So I buy a game, I finish it, and only then can I buy the next game. But the original version of it was buy a game, finish it, and I can't buy another one until the first day of the next month. Wow. That, Yeah, yeah, it's really difficult. Because <laughs> like with the Switch, all of the games are like you wait two weeks and everything goes on sale. So, you know, yeah. it's been really difficult not spamming that buy button and buying loads of games. But um, yeah, so this afternoon um, I bought... Resident Evil, the remake and um, Undertale. So I'm looking forward to figuring out which of those two I'm going to play next. But uh, I have played the remake before. I have never played Undertale. Maybe Undertale's next. So mm. just a quick thing about Undertale. If you don't do a pacifist route, yes, that's it. We're done. All right. So I have to do pa- pacifist route. You don't kill okay. anything. Right. If you do, that's it. I'm just I'm throwing run away from everything, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, there's the, the the mechanics is you can you can do stuff in battle to make them flee. So you can you can talk to them and you can compliment them. You can what one of the enemies is like a it's got a snake tail with a really buff body and a horse's head. And what you've got right. to do is you've got to stand there and you've just got to flex with him. 
right until he's um adequately satisfied and then he'll he'll just walk off so you've got to stand right, there okay. and flex and then he says, uh, the bad guy he flexes and then you go you flex as well and then he flexes and then he just decides it's either they disappear or you show mercy on them yeah. and if you don't do the pacifist run the game will remember and right. even if you delete your save file the fact you've got it installed it'll still remember what you've done previously Right. It's really good. You've got to be really careful with it. And uh, uh, obviously, Res- Resident Evil Remake, um, until you get used to it, go on the easy version. Yeah, yeah. That's what I really like about these indie titles, and in they, they can take those risks of doing something a little bit um, silly, a little bit original, you know? That's yeah. what I like about them. Um, but yes, um, so would you, would you, what, what would you recommend, Squidge, that I try next with, uh, during my, uh, my lockdown. What should I try next? The Undertale or Resident Evil Remake? Unless you know what you're doing, Resident Evil Remake, you're going to become just zombie food. Mm-hmm. But Undertale is a really engaging story. Mm-hmm. Really engaging. And it's really rewarding as well. It's um, stuff that you do at the very beginning of the game can impact the very end of the game. So you might yeah. get given an item right at the beginning, and if you keep it all the way up to the end boss, the end boss will react in a certain way. But it what? doesn't. But it doesn't tell you. It doesn't tell you, and you get stuff near the beginning of the game, and at certain points, if you've still got your inventory, bosses will react in certain ways all the way through. Mm-hmm. It's like there's a there's a spider queen. That's a boss, and it's it. It's essentially the combat is if you're not prepared to fight. It's like a bullet hell. So you've got your heart in the middle in this mm-hmm. little square and you've got a, a dodge enemy attacks. So it's kind of like a bullet hell kind of thing. And okay. the spider queen, this is the only thing I'll reveal about it. There's a spider bake sale near the beginning of the game. If right. you buy one of their spider cakes, I think she doesn't fight you because okay. you, you, you try to try to help her support her by buying one of the spider cakes. So you don't actually, it's either you don't fight her or she's really, she isn't right. that hard on you, one of the two. But it's so, it's a really unique concept. It feels mm. like then to experience a lot of these different things, I'm going to have to play the game multiple times. There are 43 separate endings. Well, That's going to keep me going for a while. This is going yeah. to be one in, um, wait for a year, and then buy the next game. Right? <laughs> but, but it's one of those where if you start with a pacifist route, you'll experience everything or as much as possible. If you started off and you killed everything, good luck towards the end. If you started off, it's, it's even to a point where if you start off and you're not too sure, you maybe take down one or two things by accident and then do a neutral run afterwards, you'll get a completely different ending depending on how many things you kill by accident. Right. It's got 43 separate endings. That should be wow. enough to keep you going. If okay. you If you complete... What was it? If you complete it, it's called a, a kill everything. So a genocide run. If you complete a genocide run at the end, when you restart, you get a start screen and you just, it's just a black start screen and you hear wind and you got to wait 10 minutes before the game acknowledges you sat there waiting. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> and it's got a hell of a sense of humor on it. So it'll keep you going. It really yeah. is a good game. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, what about you, Stan? What would you recommend I go in next? The Resident Evil remake or Undertale? Oh, something completely different. Well, I'd recommend Zero AD. No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I have that installed on this computer, so I can happily play that, but 
<laughs> yeah. Uh, actually, I don't know. I didn't like watch Let's Play on, on both of those games, so I wouldn't be able to say which one. Uh, the 43 endings sounds like something really nice, though. Like a lot of choices. Mm. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't know. Um, I haven't heard of most games like recently. Uh, maybe in the new bundles they came from the Switch. Uh, maybe there are mm. some interesting games. I don't know. Do, do you guys know any of interesting titles that came out like uh, in the, the past weeks? So um, one of the ones that they sort of surprise released today for the Switch was the remake of the Sega Arcade and Sega Saturn game Panzer Dragoon, which uh, I've been waiting for forever. Okay, um, and uh, Borderlands. I think it's one and two. I think it's called the Legendary Collection. Just came out on the Switch as well. Saints um, Row Four is out tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. It's in. It was in today's. This will date the recording of the podcast, but it was in today's mini dispatch that I sent you a link to, Scritch. Yeah, so, yeah. you would tell me there's Borderlands on the Switch. You're not yeah. going to get that right. I, Okay, that tells me you didn't watch the video, right? Yeah. So then when I tell you that they've released Star Wars Jedi Knight Jedi Academy oh, for no. it. <laughs> they did so that? After, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So after my account took a hell of a battering earlier on, it's going to take an extra battery. <laughs> hey, you don't have to buy these games. You yeah. choose to. <laughs> you know me, right? Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> Portable uh, Jedi Academy in Borderlands, why not? Yeah, of course. Those are great games. Like I enjoyed Borderlands 2 very much, and Jedi Academy. I spent like more than ten thousand hours on it. Like uh, yeah. when I was bored with the game, which is like go modding, and that's well, part of the reason I started doing like 3D stuff uh, for games and stuff like this. Because like well, uh, I started, and I was like, oh, you can actually add new content. It's interesting. Like you, there is a well, the, the modding community is like a, a really big community for a lot of games. There's also the hacking community, for instance, like somebody actually got the radio on the switch, like uh, he installed the Linux or whatever to turn on it and just like managed to get it all to run. I was like, okay, I think somebody did that on the, the PS2 as well. Wow. <laughs> and so, That's so they awesome. just come to, they, they just come to the chat and say, Oh yeah, I have a bug. Uh, it doesn't run. And I'm like, what's the platform? And said, so, Oh, PS2. I'm like, what? <laughs> 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 See, I would love to. I would love to have a chat with Ed Carm, uh, Ed Carmack, yeah, Ed Carmack, for the same reasons. Like when they open sourced Doom, he must have gotten so many messages with, "Hey, so I'm running this on my TSI eighty um, calculator, and level two just won't load. Can you help?" <laughs> yeah. Um, um, that's the that's the good thing and the bad thing about open source. Like you never know what's gonna get you, but like there's like so many people trying to do weird stuff and interesting things. We're now actually going to sit and talk about Zero AD a little bit. Um, but first of all, I've got a little spiel written in. I'm going to try and read it out without saying uh too many times because I do that a lot. Um, so real-time strategy games are all about building up a civilization or an army of some kind and capturing as much land and resources as possible, sometimes through micromanaging, sometimes through macromanaging, sometimes just by zooming all the way out and say, go do that thing and figure it out. 
Um, some of the biggest games in this genre are things like uh, Command and Conquer, Dune, Age of Empires, Populous, and even Warcraft 3. You know, a lot of people who think Warcraft think World of Warcraft, but obviously there were uh, three or four other games in the series before the online one. Um, and I'll let Stan talk a little bit more about Zero AD in a minute, but um, Zero AD from how, when I've played it, and I've played it quite a bit, uh, not a huge amount, but, you know, it's one of those games I like to put on in the background and just like uh, Squidge was talking earlier on about how he likes to play Diablo whilst he's listening to YouTube. I do the same thing, but with podcasts uh, and Zero AD, you know, I'll just sort of sit there and switch off and do the micromanaging whilst I'm listening to whatever podcast. Um, but Zero AD is all about picking a civilization and making it grow through an established set of sort of civilization evolutions. So you maybe start in the Stone Age and go up through different areas. Um, and you do that by, you gain access to advanced technologies by doing that. Uh, but that makes you a target for the other civilizations. So for people who've never played real-time strategy games, that's kind of what it is. But one of the the many, many things that sets Zero AD apart, other than the incredibly high-quality game that it actually is, is the fact that it's completely open source, right? Um, I saw... Yeah. I, I wasn't there for it, but I saw that there were talks at things like FOSTEM about yeah. Zero AD because it's a huge, it's a huge thing in the open source community. This, this huge open source game. Um, but with all of that in mind, could you give us a brief introduction to what Zero AD is? I know I've talked a little bit about it there, but hopefully you can give us a better idea for the listeners who haven't played it. Okay, so so yeah, basically it's a strategy game, uh, not unlike uh, Age of Empires. So yeah, the goal is to, to build uh, your, your city and expand and crush your enemies. Uh, although there are like um, a few different game modes, you can actually play a wonder game mode, which you just have to build a wonder and hold it for 10 minutes and then you win the game. Um, there is also a regicide, which is like you have a hero at the start of the game, it must not die. And which you can also put some restrictions, like you can't put it inside buildings, so you can't hide it from other players. And you can combine all those game modes in order to, to make like a, a more interesting way of winning the game. There are also something not unlike uh, Capture the Flag, where you have like a few relics on the on the map, and then you just need to capture them all. Uh, so yeah, so it's a, it's a game where you you need to, to build your civilization. You can also like uh, Take uh, the multiplayer matches are like really quick, uh, from 22 to 40 minutes, like a bit like StarCraft, but like it's not the same pace. Uh, the game is like way slower than StarCraft is, and so th- there is this way of playing, like where every every second counts. Like people say, oh well, if I don't have like three fields at minute three, that means I'm gonna lose or everything like this. And this is like really really competitive. And there are also people who just play single player and just like like to spend three, four, five hours uh, building it at city and just not doing anything else. <laughs> there are some like uh, obsessive people that love to align buildings and make sure that that the city is like uh, perfectly laid out on on the map. Um, so yeah, it's a it's a general as a general game like it, it's it has like some specificities like from um other games like rise of nations like the system of territory which edge of empires does not have like where you can't build uh everything you want uh, everywhere you need to expand this zone of experience to to make sure you're able to, to build new buildings so so it's a, it's an old project actually it started like about 20 years ago so it was created by by people from um 
from the Japan bio community who were like um, tired of modding it because like they had so many many limitations on what they could do and new buildings and everything. Um, the modders uh, who were behind this were behind a mod called like Romat War, which was one of the most popular mod of, of the time. Um, and there was also people from uh, a gaming clan called the Tanto clan, uh, which actually joined forces with those modders and decided to design and, and build the game as we know it is now. So for like four years, they kind of brainstormed everything, trying to decide on gameplay, features, things they wanted, everything. A lot of people came and went by that time, like, well, it's just depends on people and just uh, so they just started coding making design decisions technical stuff and so uh, not until 2009 was the project open source at first it was like really intended to be another game on the market and it didn't turn for, for the game to last that long and so they they just like happened that well, people changed life, got married and everything. In nine years, a lot of things can happen. And so, well, they, they said, well, we don't have much time and maybe going open source is the way for us to make the project live for longer, which is what it did because I didn't join like until 2011. Um, I actually joined the official team like three years ago. Like uh, it took me six years for to get accepted into the team as a studio artist. And yeah, so it's it's a really great project because um, it allows a lot of people with uh, very different backgrounds to be able to contribute. Like some people are just, well, they just know history. So they just know about one civilization, what they did, what they didn't do and everything. Some are like more translators, they just, well, they know the language they just like translate into their own language we have like uh i think more than 25 languages translated and then wow. there are more but like not 100 percent translated uh there are like some um small uh, cultural languages in france for instance like uh, in britain they made their own translation for their um their dialect uh, of french and so yeah these people just have fun and then they are like modes which are well the, the game is completely moddable like it's open source so you can do whatever you want with it but uh it was also built in mind with uh, with modding in mind so you can actually strip everything from from the game if you don't want uh, a real strategy game based on in antiquity and you just like want uh, uh we have like a mode called uh, my little pony so it's like little ponies and everything. And so they just replaced everything with little ponies and pigasus and unicorns. Um, there is also a, a Zelda mode, which basically like well, just takes everything from Hyrule and just replaced there like more than 13 or 14 civilizations. And the guy just like uh, has everything. He takes everything from Nintendo and makes his own <laughs> stuff, which is like incredible. Uh, and yeah, I, I really want like this is something I want to push in the future for the game. Like, I, I really want to have like a, an active modding community because for some time it was like on me. So I was like working on five, six, seven mods and the game, and like I just don't have much time now. So yeah, it's a it's a really great opportunity for a lot of people to to actually contribute. Some people actually learn to code by just working on the already guy, just like hacking around. Mm. And I, I like to think that. 
everybody can learn and well share stuff and then teach other people how to do to do things which is really great about that um so so yeah it's uh why well, it's more than just a game it's like really really something you can get time and invest in like it's uh it's more than just uh of course like uh we have Uh, I think um, in 2018, we had like 250k downloads uh, of the game. So that's pretty cool. And that doesn't take into account uh, the Linux uh, downloads because, well, they are anti-tracking and everything. So <laughs> you wouldn't know like who downloaded the game there. Uh, so I guess we can like multiply it by two or something because we, we have some statistics from the game. Uh, and it says like there is 20% Mac users, uh, and then it's 40-40 for Linux and Windows. I think there are more Windows users than, than Linux. Um, but yeah, uh, we're often praised by the Linux community for making a beautiful open source game because like most of the time, people are disappointed by Linux graphics. Well, they are just made by programmers, which also they, they're more into the code than the actual graphics. We, had the, we have the chance to have like a real artists that love to work on 3D models and textures and symbols. Uh, I mentioned historians before. Um, history is really a great part of, uh, of the OAD. We really wanted to uh, depict uh, life and, uh, well, and civilization as they were at the time. So uh, the OAD covers the part from uh, minus 500 to zero. Uh, the zero idea is actually a uh, Uh, fun thing because uh, the the year zero doesn't exist. It's like um, minus one and one. So zero AD is just to say, well, we're in between. So there might be something that are not like totally accurate and stuff. But yeah, a lot of energy was put into researching what type of columns goes for script buildings. Uh, uh, what was the strong points of uh, the goals, the the Britons and everything, and to make them, well, like they would have been in real life if they could have, like, evolved differently. Sure, Spell, yeah. Spell. No, that's, that's awesome. Um, I do like, so folks who listen to the show a lot will know that I am a developer in real life, and uh, one of the things I really like about open source development, regardless of whether it's open source for, for creating something for free or open source and there's a paid option, is that Like you were saying there, Stan, you can just get the code, you can get the 3D models, you can get all of the assets, and if you want to learn how to be a 3D modeler, then you've got some stuff to play with. You've got, if you want to learn how to do textures, you've got some stuff that's already there. And, you know, if you want to learn to code and you're brave enough to jump straight into some code that already exists, go for it. You know, it's it's that's what it's there for is uh, yeah. not just for that collaborative nature, but obviously to try and give back and say, hey, this is what we've made and this is kind of how it works, which is, is yeah. wonderful. I mean, I can't really approach the code base because it's written in C and it's been like 15 years since I've written anything good in C. So yeah. <laughs> if you want to jump in and mod it and just have a, a fleet full of chickens, yeah. then that's what I do. You yeah, know. Why not? ruled by a massive elephant why not yeah you, you can do this uh yeah it's, it's actually pretty pretty nice you can also add um 
well, it's modable, so you can do whatever you want, basically. You, you could uh, okay. even turn the game into Diablo 3 if you'd like. Uh, somebody yeah, actually made like a, a proof of concept about getting a character and moving it around so it can pick up stuff. Like it would just change its equipment, and that was nice. Like, but yeah, those, those types of games are not like really different, actually. It's just like the same camera, the same person, the same characters and everything. So, yeah, th th there is a, a lot of uh, bridges you can build to actually make different games for, for this kind of stuff. That's cool. I, d I do like that it's uh, rather moddable because, you know, if I'm, if I'm, like I said, if I want to learn how something works, I'm a naturally curious person. If I want to learn how something works, I'm going to go poke at it with a stick and see if I change this value. You know, like some of my earliest um, experiments with games dev were I install a game, I look at the uh, the settings files, the INI files, whatever, yeah. and play around with them and see what, what changes, you know? So, yeah, yeah, totally like that. And I love the idea that you can mod it to, I think, yeah, one of the things you said where there was you can make a Legend of Zelda version of the game or, yeah. you know, and I think I've seen on the website, I haven't downloaded them yet, but uh, there's a there's a beta, like a demo version of, like, the East Asian cultures and stuff like that. So, yeah. yeah. I actually so, made most of them. <laughs> I actually made most of the buildings for, for this. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's really it's really nice to, to have been to be able to, to do this and uh, at first then there was like uh, I was the co-host of the, the game dev room uh, so I just like poked around people to come and say hey come come give a chat and everything and um, there was this guy from the spring engine which is another game engine um, and he said like if you want in open if you want to get people just make them itch like basically make code like works but it's not like perfectly like right. the guy would want so yeah. people are just going to be a bit frustrated and want to hack it, and then they're going to come to your project and try to help you fix stuff. <laughs> yeah, that's a yeah. Um, that's a that's a, a kind of a, a well-known thing. In uh, it's well-known in that people don't really talk about it. But yeah, if you make something that's not just quite right and a developer gets like i keep saying to people around me i have no time for badly written software if i'm interacting with a piece of software and it's badly written i'll happily spend the six seven eight hours to build my own to do that problem <laughs> to solve that problem because yeah. it's pointless because i'm just going to get frustrated with the the badly written software i may as well go away and do it myself and then i can give it away to people and say look this version is better because there's sort of a, a point of pride with that, but yeah, I can totally, I can totally imagine that. Yeah, if you really say and it's just, just good enough, people will come along and go, "Oh, I can make that better." And of course, the one thing we've not talked about so far, which I just want to sort of segue, uh, handbrake turn, is that we're talking about. I think you said earlier on, it, it is, it is a beautiful game. I'll step step back and say it's a gorgeous game you know we were talking earlier on about one of squidge's uh, first reactions when he started playing the game was oh my god there are clouds which you don't get in in a strategy game in a real-time strategy game yeah. you don't usually see the clouds but but yeah. you can i mean you were saying alone you could zoom all the way out and see the entire map where you can uh, you could zoom all the way in and manipulate the camera so you're looking at a single person's face and that is just that's amazing yeah, that's uh, that's something uh, I really love. Like um, in the, the Total War series, like you could just get into the battles and they would just really fight. Like and 
uh, parry with chills and everything. It was like really great. And I think in the rate it's it's nice. Like uh, it's not at that level. Uh, I guess it could be done. I haven't tried, but yeah, it's, it's gonna be like take uh, a few thousand hours too. Like maybe in uh, in my wish list, like where there are a lot of things already. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, it's just well, it's interesting to to be able to do this. And we are trying to to add like more more interesting features like this for for the graphics. Um, uh, somebody worked on volumetric fog, which was really great. Like there, there is a picture of uh, of Schwarzwald uh, with like the fog all around the streets, and it was like with, with the clouds and everything. And that could like do that wall effect. Like uh, so, so yeah, we, we tried to do this. Um, we we do have like a, a lot of limitations because of the edge of the engine, though. So we can't like, for instance, some people with like. Uh, high-end graphic card like from 2000 and uh, well one two three years old uh, have like very poor performance because uh they well the, the game is not optimized for those cards like uh they they kind of emulate everything to make it work and so it works a lot of uh on very old laptops uh linux laptops like uh people from going through to force them and everything usually have like those old thinkpad laptops like they, they are like one from six to 15 years old. And it says like, Oh yeah, it works perfectly on my, uh, on my torso. And I was like, okay. And there's this guy that says, uh, yeah, I have like uh, 300 gigabytes of RAM. It's slow. And I'm like, come on, there's, there must be some common ground. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I think you were I, saying. Uh, sorry. Yeah. There you go. Go on. Uh, all I was going to say was, I think it was we were offline when you said it that you had someone uh, call you up or send a message in and say, "Hey, it's not working on my PS2." Oh, well, it is working, but it's not working fully, which is just yeah. absolutely amazing. <laughs> yeah, the, the PS2 actually was um, really innovative from the time. Like it, it had like a, a really good performance uh this the cpu was really really good i think and they actually used it for a lot of uh, data sensors and whatever because it was like cheap and they could just like buy a lot of them but yeah Uh, so yeah that's that's awesome people are just like crazy about like getting stuff on on things that weren't meant to be like (laughs) when when the guy was like i want to get it on switch i was like but you won't be able even able to play. Like, <laughs> what's the point? <laughs> <laughs> You're missing the point entirely. It's that point of pride, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I got it to run on a Raspberry Pi 4. Uh, it was actually on first time. Like, I, I put it on display. And it runs at, like, 20 FPS or whatever. So it's just like, okay. So it's this little, little box and... Yep. Well, it runs. Yep. That was going to be one of my questions. I do have a whole bunch of Raspberry Pis around the house, including one. Um, listeners, you can't see it, but that's the living room TV behind me. And I have a uh, a, a Raspberry Pi plugged into that. And it's, uh, I'll just rotate slightly. It's quite a big TV, as you can see. So yeah. um, the plan was <laughs> to see what games I could run on that TV. And now that you've said that you kind of had zero ED running on it, that's going to be my next mission is to sit three feet away from the TV with a wireless keyboard and mouse and take over the world. <laughs> yeah. No, it's kind of, it's got to be nice. Yeah. Right. 
Do you see what you've done? Do you see what he's going to do? Yeah. Now? He'll end up deep diving into the code now because of that. <laughs> Listen, yeah. like I said, he's yeah, yeah, you've gone through it to us. <laughs> <laughs> you've been ensnared. That's yeah, it. okay, fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see if I can get it working on my Kindle, right? No. Um... Yeah. <laughs> that would be pretty cool. <laughs> That's actually, we need screenshots if you do. That's actually a really good point because I've, I've got a device. I got one of these, which is an RG three fifty, which is a well, t- entirely small form factor device. I don't know how clear that's coming through. I'm showing it to uh, Stan. It's pretty cool. Um, and they, it's it's a tiny device that runs a Linux kernel based. I think it's Open Dynix, Dignix, something like that. And Dignix. Okay. Yeah, it's it's Linux, right? I can totally get it running on there, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's got a one gigahertz processor. Let's do this. <laughs> Maybe yeah, that's my just, mission. <laughs> but you can get it running on a toaster. You can get it running on that. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, that's that's good. That was going to be my next question, right? We've talked about this game. We've said it's it's open source. We've talked about how gorgeous it is to look at. We've talked about how it yeah. practically runs on almost anything. But there's no cost to yeah. it, right? You just push a button, download, and you're in the game. Yeah. And also, we don't cost much to the game. Like, we're all volunteers. Like, so far, I think maybe there was, like, one month of pet development in, like, 20 years of existence. So it's, like, all one volunteer work, which is, like, crazy because, well, there's, there is a lot of work in, in this. Uh, I think the game has, like, two, 250K lines of code, which is, like, Pretty cool. Mm. Um, we have like people from 15 nationalities working on it. There has been like 500 contributors over the 20 years. So yeah, people, well, some people just come and do a patch with like changes one or two lines. So yeah, that that helps the count. But yeah, there are some people that contributed for like more than 10 years and then stopped or do, did something else. But yeah, they, they, there is no no payment in this. I think it might need to change in the future if you want to to make the, the, the project um, grow and, and mature because one of the problems in open source in general is the time people have to review uh, external code contributions, which is like, it's usually boring, like, because you, you want to be the one hacking it, not the one testing that somebody did it right. Sure. And... And so there is that problem, like finding someone who wants to say, this is good, I want this patch to be merged because this is this and everything is called fine. And there is also stuff that can't be reviewed because it, it requires like a, a very specific type of skill set. Um, well, for instance, if you work on, a, on a, an old graphics engine like ours, uh, you need to know a lot of low-level stuff which is like completely deprecated, like, and so people never use it anymore. Uh, and so this is like really hard to find someone that is able to, to say, well, uh, we need to do this and this is not going to break anything. Um, we also have the problem that people expect it to run on everything, which makes like people say, oh, I have this real Linux I made myself and doesn't work on it. Um, <laughs> it's because you did something weird, like, uh, okay. Uh, like, I, I think, uh, we, we spent like three days with, with someone like on, on the chat, uh, trying to fix, uh, three of his machines. Like, none of them would work. And I was like, okay. 
And it's like really disappointing because the guys say, oh, yeah, I want to do a, a small uh, JavaScript patch. So it doesn't need to compile, it doesn't need everything. And just like, but uh, yeah, it doesn't work. The game doesn't run, so I can't test it. Uh, okay. <laughs> so you spend three days like trying stuff like, oh, yeah, have you seen this forum? Oh, yeah, it's from 2013. Yeah, the game is old. And <laughs> yeah, just to try to like this. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, and there are also like um, stuff that is like uh, more more tricky. Like um, uh, I, sh- I don't know if you guys heard about the GDPR, like the the global mm-hmm. pro- data protection regulation for Europe. So in UK, in the UK, you are not going to be cancelled for long. But <laughs> because of <laughs> I the mean, Brexit. <laughs> well, I mean, it's part of UK law anyway, so it isn't affected yeah. by Brexit. But yeah, I, I totally understand. Yeah. And um, that actually cost us like uh, one year of development because uh, like we wanted to be well compliant with it. And well, nobody was a lawyer, so we had to read the articles and try to figure out uh, what we were doing wrong and how we could fix it. Uh, it has a lot of implications about um, security flows and stuff like this because you needed to do best effort to make sure like you don't let stuff go inside the game, which is like not secure yeah. for people. And you also need to establish what data you are processing and how you're processing it. Like, uh, is it safe for people to send you data or can uh, bad people just like take it and use it for, for bad purposes? Um, and this is like, this is more than boring for people <laughs> who want just to act the code. Like, <laughs> This is like uh, this is also something you can't get right because like the, the law is going to change like all the time and the the only thing that defines what is right and what is wrong is just like court orders like if something is is not applicable then it's just going to not get applicated and it's, well it's, this kind of stuff like it's really really tedious to go because um, we we're not a company. Um, we don't actually have a, a legal status. Um, the, the only thing legal we have um, is we our funds are managed by uh, uh, a, a charity uh, called SPI, uh, Software for the Public Interest, uh, which is also the one managing Debian's fund, I think, the, the Linux distribution. And uh, that's the only legal thing that is like all people and so we don't know like if somebody well decided like to crush us by saying well you you don't respect my data or whatever uh, we don't actually know who is going to be responsible for this kind of stuff mm-hmm. and that could be all of us like or none of us or maybe just the project leader which is like not responsible for anything just well it just happened to be the project leader at this point and yeah this is like a bit scary for for the future of the project because you you could stop like and then there is nothing you can do about it sure uh, sure the the flip side of that is that because there's no company in control of it i guess and because it's open source it's completely free yeah right and that's what's great about it it's completely free so if you just if you're not interested in games development but you are interested in real time strategy games and might I say a beautiful real time strategy game all you got to do is go to the website and download the game right and you're away yeah um, uh, but should probably keep running like if, even if we stop like right now we we have another like, release in 2 years or no last release was like December 2019 i think 
and well, the game still runs. Like uh, we actually um, just like because of the coronavirus, uh, we, we just like got uh, a bike in usage in multiplayer. Uh, the server actually went down because there were too many people playing. <laughs> wow! So that's the other thing to point out, right? Is that it's free to play single player, but it has multiplayer options, and there is a server, so presumably online play, that is all entirely free, right? Yeah, it's ridiculous. That's that's amazing. But um, but what about if so? Let's say loads of people go out and play the game, and they're like, "This is awesome! I want to try and help out." but I'm not a developer. I'm not a 3D modeler. I'm not a project manager. I'm not a texture mapper. But I have, I don't know, a couple of dollars. What can I do? Is it? Can I donate towards it? Is that something uh, yeah, that can be you, done? You, you can donate money. Um, the, the thing is, like, currently, we can't guarantee that like the money is going to just, well, give you the feature you want. Like, uh, some sure. people try to play bounties like uh, i haven't seen anyone pick up bounties but technically there are like some bounties on tickets like uh, multiplayer saves or uh, some upgrade to one library because it's annoying for package maintainers or whatever um but yeah the, there is like no no microfunding thing we we did a, a crowdfunding in 2015 which was like a, uh i wouldn't say it was a failure but it was like not a success either uh, we raised like about 30k euros, which is like kind of a lot of money, but the, the goal was like 160k. So it was like completely different. Uh, that kind of tore the team apart at that time because people expected to be able to be hired to work full time on the game, which wasn't yeah. possible to do that. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, that, that kind of broke the mood. Um, and th- there is the, the question about like people who gave uh, 30k for the game to be finished which it can't be like it's open source and it's gonna always gonna evolve and everything maybe do we do we make the best use of the money like um if i say i want to go to force them um and i want to share the game and i want uh, like new people to come and to that's in the goal of finishing the game like getting new people involved uh, is it okay for me to get my funds reimbursed for going there and stuff like this? Like, how, how is the money used and uh, are we making the best out of it? Also, you could say, well, we have 30K. Um, we could hire somebody full-time for a year. And then you, you'd have to find someone that can get inside the game quickly, which is most of the time volunteers. So you have to find a volunteer which has been contributing for years, which you can pay, which makes no sense because the guy has already been doing the work for free for all those time. And so it's it's really it's really hard to say what the money is gonna be like really useful for. Basically if you give to the OAD, you make sure that it's the project is gonna be continuing to live in to live on because like the, the server's gonna be getting paid and you everything is going to stay at the same level um but you can't guarantee that uh, there is going to be a new release in one month just because you gave a uh, 10,000 euros to, to the project which would be very yeah. great very nice but yeah but yeah we we still receive like uh quite a few donations uh at events like for them like people just seem to be really generous about stuff like sometimes uh, i've seen people just look the other way and just put 20 users in the box and just like oh i don't want to see this <laughs> 
but just uh, keep on doing your work, guys. You're doing great. Uh, yeah, so so I don't know about like, um, but I, I really want to to get someone full time to actually manage, uh, yeah, programming stuff and everything, so they can help people get on board and like maybe review some stuff, because the the thing is also with open source is uh, you can't force people to do stuff. This is not a company, so there is no deadline. There is no, there, there should be priorities, but. There are actually none because well, you don't force people to respect them. So you can just say, I'd like this to be done and hope somebody will do it or do it yourself because, you know, that's the best chance you have to get it done. Sure. Yeah, sure. Um, okay. So, so if you could, if you could sum up why someone should try out say, zero AD, what would that be? What, what, what how would you put that across to them? You know, to, to try it out to play it, not really to contribute. I'd say, well, f- first it's free. So you got nothing to lose. Like it's probably one of the best reasons for that. Uh, then most of the people who played it loved it. So that's a good reason too. And then like, uh, I've heard a lot that RTS is dead. Like people tell me, well, there is nothing to be done, everything. And said, well, this is project has been going for 20 years and it's probably gone less for 20 more years. And meanwhile, uh, Age of Empires is still there too. Ours is free and does the same thing. Like, and you could actually um, do Age of Empires in the game, like if you would like to, like if you, if you get some people motivated, like it's not hard, like... It's a bunch of text files to edit, like everything, like in programming, like there, there's this little gap, like where people are afraid to cross and say, oh, no, I don't want to touch files. I don't want to break anything. And it's just like, really just do it. Like, just try Just open the file, like open notepad and just look at it and try to break it and just, well, just experiment with it. Uh, and so, yeah, it's, uh, this game is like, if it's not perfect for you, you can make it perfect for you. Like you can change it. It's open source. So yeah, do, do whatever you want with it. Like if you, if you really want. And yeah. And after that, it's just like, it's fully functional. So it's like any other game. So just try it and see if you like it. Like it's like a big demo that never ends. It's a bit like Winwar. <laughs> you get 30 days and then 30 days. And <laughs> I mean, uh, uh, I said, you know, towards the top of this that uh, I got Squidge to try it out. And the uh, first thing he said was, wow, there are clouds. But I want to throw it over to Squidge and see what he thinks. Like, what are his thoughts on the game? Because it is it's an amazingly beautiful game to play. And, uh, you know, I'm running a, a Linux machine here and he's running a Windows machine there. So I want to see what he, what he thinks of it. These are the notes as I played them that I wrote down. Okay, so the first thing I put, clouds, that's awesome. <laughs> Second thing that I put was, I love the music, which I do. It's yeah. really nice music. I I started playing, and when I was in the menu, I thought, right, I'll get something up while I'm, you know, I'll, I'll try and find something until I start playing the tutorial. And the music hit, and I just turned the other thing away. I thought, I'll, just, I'll listen to the music, it's really nice. There's, it, 
it's a very smooth gameplay experience. There's no sort of awkward controls. There's no sort of tracking issues either. Because I fully expected when I'm moving units to do bits and bobs, you know, I was fully expecting one to get lost behind something or stuck behind a tree or off on the other side of the map. That didn't happen, which is a nice reprieve coming from me playing things like Command and Conquer and Age of Empires. There's always one unit that goes off somewhere. Then I made a point of putting, seriously, I love the music. Um, then I put Battle Elephants, sweet. Then I created I created a big brigade of the Battle Elephant Champions, and I called it the Nelly Brigade. Mm. And that was just, I, I had them patrolling my entire sitting, just because I like watching elephants <laughs> go around in the head, thinking, that's, that's pretty good to look at, and if anyone attacks, we'll just squish them. But yeah, they were the Nelly Brigade, and I ended up creating about sixty of them. So you heard on <laughs> it here first, folks. Squidgy approves of it. <laughs> yeah, and I, I'm, I'm not. I'm really not a big RTS player because I. It's it's not a doubt of the patience. It's there's always a butt ton of tutorials yeah. and even in the, the the simpler versions of the game each unit has a specific thing and you can push push a button and they do something else or yeah. they, they have like two or three abilities and it's really hard to keep on top of when when you're mid-battle one, one of the things that i really did like which i don't see very often outside of hardcore sort of historical military rts like empire earth and that kind of thing is when you choose a unit you can give them different formations to stand in and to mm. actually attack in as well, which surprisingly helped me because I was I, I sent a lot of units in to attack and then they, they were all like blunt, bunched up. So I put them in a flanking position while they were running up. So they ran up in in the flanking position and the, the enemy units got decimated, whereas if I had a run up, you know, met them head on, it would have been really difficult and I would have lost quite a lot of them I'd imagine. Yeah. Um, so just doing that on the fly, and you can. One of the things I didn't realize was you can you can garrison your yeah. people to like hide in buildings. So that if you get invaded, you just all pile in. That was I, I'd never seen that before. Mm. Um, I not that I've played many RTSs, but mm. I've played some of the more recent ones, and uh, the really they're just really difficult to wrap my head around. I ended up after playing it for a while. I noticed that you can play a sandbox mode. Yeah. I did that just to get a better grips of the controls and the gameplay and stuff. And I ended up just, I, I built things. I was, I was getting resources, trying different buildings. So getting a blacksmith, getting the, getting a naval port done, getting the, I can't remember what it's called, but to get all your like siege weapons and stuff. I made okay. that doing stuff and i thought i'll, I'll just i just thought I'll, I'll just build a wall around because the the patches of wall that are centers you can create a gate so i thought i'll just build a wall and without knowing it i'd, I'd sort of bumped into the enemy territory <laughs> and naturally i sent my war elephants and um there was there was a lot of sounds most of them made it back and um a lot of the buildings didn't survive <laughs> if, yeah. if you've never seen an elephant trample a building definitely play this game because it's hilarious <laughs> when it happens so that yeah, needs to go on the website right you could trample buildings with elephants in this game yeah i'm gonna put <laughs> this like directly uh yeah <laughs> uh, 
about about the music, um, we we actually have like a, a composer that does them, uh, and he records them like using real life instruments, like orchestras and stuff. Um, we actually, uh, I, there is no, I, th- I think there is some way to get it. I, I haven't found it, but um, basically there was somebody at the Los Angeles. Um, Opera that did a, a voiceover one of the the song of the game like uh, that's called Tale of Warriors. You, you can find uh, all the the music of the Uredi, so it's free. You can download the the FLAC files from from the source if you need them. And also you can pay on Bandcamp. There is like uh, I think there is iTunes too, and yeah, so you can get the music there. But yeah, that, this is like one of the the biggest. Well, the, the most nice art assets we have, like the, the, the music is really something that is, uh, well, really uncommon. Like, uh, it's so uncommon that people keep trying to steal it for other videos. Like, uh, uh, there is a, a mode for, for Total War Home, uh, um, a Barbao Home, something like this. Uh, and they, they often use it in, like, in their videos without giving credits, which is like, uh, against the license, uh, which is okay. something. Well, I, I don't mind much, but like, I mean, they could just do an effort. Like, <laughs> it's mm-hmm. not that hard. Mm. Uh, well, about what you said just like before, like that, that's fun because some people would just have like took to taken all, all the, the arguments you made before and say it was bad. Like, not the music, but uh, the fact there was formation or it was too simple or it was like and. The, the the fun part is like you get people complaining about all sort of stuff. Like um, when when you need gather, they lose their weapons and they lose their helmets, I think. Uh, and so people were complaining like, "Where are the helmets? I want to see the helmets." So I got the helmets back, and they said, "Oh, I want, no, I don't want to see the helmets anymore." And I was like, <laughs> "Just just make up your mind." Yeah, yeah, you can't please everyone, can you? But when I was playing, I started playing, and without realizing until I got a message from Jay, I started playing at like 11 o'clock in the morning, and then six hours went by. I didn't even realize. <laughs> just, nice. just, just getting to grips with it, just playing it, the music, just it's, it's, it's one of the most weird things because I don't play RTS's point and click. Um, I could play like the original Command and Conquer and I played it on the Saturn back in the day, the Sega Saturn. But it's one of those that I never expected to get fully engrossed in something mm-hmm. yeah. and listen to the actual sounds and music in the game. Because yep. normally if I've played it before, I'll just shut off the sound and put on music or podcast or YouTube or something. But it was one of those where the music never gets repetitive and dull. It's mm. If anything, because I'm I'm, I'm really into sound. It's really engaging, the music. I mean, it changes slightly when you're in battle because you get, like, the pop-ups and stuff and what have you. Yeah. But it's... I, I'm quite confident in saying that in the future. If I'm ever wound up or anxious about something, I'll jump on that game and I, I, I'll be pretty certain, as long as I stick it in sandbox mode, I'll just be able to sit there and unwind and play it and just micromanage. I, th- I think one of its biggest strengths is uh, not just the music, but... You can micromanage, but you don't have to. Yeah. You you can if you set some of your units like some of the some of the townswomen or some of the soldiers that can do stuff like that. You can set them cutting down trees, and once they finish one, they'll just move to the next one. Yeah. And the next one. So as as long as like you stick it in sandbox mode, 
mm. and you don't agitate anyone. They can just go off and do stuff. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's really it's really nice to have like uh, well this uh, this autonomy uh, and stuff like uh, and that they're like uh, I, as I said that there are multiple ways can be play you can play the game like uh, and that's really cool because like some people just get bored about like well just well, okay I'm gonna crush my enemies and it's like okay but just change the game modes and try something else and um when also one of the the advantages of the game is like we have a procedurally generated map so skirmish maps were made like by people there you just like placed uh, trees and stuff and you see you have access to the to the map editor actually in the game so you can just like uh, do your own maps and share them with people uh and, and so yeah and the, the procedurally generated maps like changes biomes uh you can generate um the, the biggest one is like jebel barca which is like a reconstitution of uh, like a canyon in the in Ethiopia, um, and so the, the goal is to survive as long as possible. It's a bit like uh, zombie rush or whatever, and just like you have uh, like your civilization, and there is um, uh, Gaia, the, the natural player in the middle, with like a huge city, and it's just gonna keep sending soldiers to your place until you crush it down or it crushes you down, and so there are a lot of things like this so you get the, the map that are random like it can be like it can change it gets the, the same basical um specificities like if you have a river there is always going to be a river in the middle but like the tree changes place and everything and then you get like the ability with script and stuff to, to do like scenarios that are not um linear which can change like uh, it adapts with the number of players. You can go for up to eight players and then just grows, like you can change the size of the map and everything, or not, like you can play with eight players like stuck together. And so yeah, it's it's uh it's really cool. Um I, I don't know if you experienced any lag during the game, like did it get slow at the end or something, or not at all. No, um, I didn't. But then again, I've spent quite a lot of money on my rig, so <laughs> I'd be surprised if I did get lag. Um, well, I, I was actually going to ask if it was procedurally generated because I started a game and I was in like competitive, um, playing against the 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 computer, and it was I just stuck at a medium. I thought I'll, I'll learn as I go along. I got my butt kicked because <laughs> yeah. yeah, I wasn't used to it, and I thought I'll I'll just jump into that same map on single player on sandbox and get used to it. And then when I loaded up, I was like, everything's changed. <laughs> oh, no. oh, look at it. So I kind of figured out pretty quickly it's procedurally generated. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're like, uh, the skirmish maps are not, but like the random are uh, random. Like, which is, uh, I think uh, it's not like in, in the UI, but you can actually replay your maps. Um, there is like something called replays. So you can actually see what you did in the last game and just like replay at uh, 20 times the speed. So if you want to see something, uh, you can get games from other players that do that, so you can actually learn from the best, actually. Mm. Um, and also, I guess it's like a bit harder to find, but there is mode downloader in, in the game. Like you can download mods. Like if you want the, the Asian civilizations, you can actually download them from inside the game. You don't have to go on the internet, like copy files mm. and whatever. Uh, it was like something. Uh, there is a website called ModDB, uh, which is like really famous for mods 
uh, they actually contacted us and said, we are launching this new platform called Modio, and would you like to be part of the beta testers? So we just integrated it to the game, and so people now can submit their mods, so everyone can download them. I think the, the most downloaded mod has like 15,000 uh, downloads or something. Um, yeah, it changes like um, a gameplay. Like it, it's the same game, but like with more factions. Basically, mm. it just took all the modes factions. So you got like, uh, so you get the Asians people, you get um, uh, nomadic people, which is like uh, Mongols and, and everything, but like from the Zeradic area. Uh, there are like the Zapotex from like, well, um, America. Uh, and then it has like other Greek factions and everything. That, that guy is all about like <laughs> adding new factions. And he keeps sending me emails saying, you should integrate this civilization for the next alpha or whatever. <laughs> and, if I get time. <laughs> yeah. But the thing is like, um, balancing is like, uh, a wall, uh, kind of skill set that can be troublesome. Like, um, usually in games like this, you have like three civilizations, four or five, like not much more because it's impossible to balance. Like there is no, there are so many possibilities that you can't get it right. And in DRAD, it's even worse. Like there are 13 civilizations by default. And sometimes you just like overlook something and say, oh yeah, I'm just going to give them archers because they had archers. And well, they end up being the most uh, OP faction ever. <laughs> or actually they get pretty weak because you nerfed one of the, of the technologies at some point. And so in currently I'm trying to discuss with like the, the highest rated players of the multiplayer lobby to, well, try to figure out how we can make the game more balanced. So I just like somebody does the programming part, like he says, well, I'm going to change this template and whatever. And then they check and say, well, this feels better. This is bad. Like, uh, this unit, it's too hard or it's too slow or whatever. And so with their experience, we hope to make uh, the next version like a bit more, uh, I wouldn't say playable because it is already, but like, yeah, maybe nicer for multiplayer and competitive play because those people just exploit whatever they can find. Like uh, uh, they do something called dancing where uh, you, you, you ask a unit to move from two two points like that are really close to each other. And so it ends up gliding between these two points, uh, avoiding all the arrows. And then, <laughs> then all the archers like will focus on that unit, which won't die because you won't get it at all. And meanwhile, all the army with the elephants and everything will just crush everything down. <laughs> <laughs> You're always going to find someone who can do that though. Yeah, Fine yeah, little thing. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the goal is to make it like at least not automatic. Like I think uh, it, it can be done like with the patrol feature. You can just like ask it to do it or whatever. And if if the guy does it manually, like with micromanagement, and say, okay, well, if you, you like to click a lot and whatever, it's it's your fun. But uh, if like it, it's so easy that everyone can do it, it's just like well. Where, where is the where is the fun in that? <laughs> yep, yep, I totally get it. Um, so, 
Where is the best place for folks to go and get Zero AD? I know that there's a website. Is that the best place to go if you're a Uh, Linux, Windows, or Mac user? Is that you go to the website, you hit the button, you can download it, and you're away, right? uh, On Linux, yeah, it depends. Like some package managers like are really slow to update. Uh, I know, like I work with a a flavor of Kubuntu, like like on my right, Uh, and they still have the version from like three years ago. And I'm like, come on, just update. <laughs> sure. uh, on Mac, you can't get it on the Apple Store because it needs some kind of weird verifications and stuff. So, yeah, mm-hmm. best place is the website. And on Windows, you can actually get it. Like, yeah, the, the website is the best place. And I made a portable version. So you can actually put it on a USB stick and play that. Or um, there is a tool called Chocolaty which is like basically um, the apt get of Linux for Windows. You can install VLC, whatever, and you can also yeah. install Zero AD because I made the, the package for that. But yeah, most of the time, a website, this thing. Um, for Mac users, we have like um, a bug uh, which makes like the multiplayer not work. So there are like two, two workarounds to, to fix this. Like I made a fixed bundle, but uh, it doesn't replace the original one yet. And, uh, so yeah, but, but most of the time, like if you have any problem, you just go to the, to, to the website and, uh, ask on the forums if you need, like, I would probably be the one that answers, like, I answer most of, like, if not 90% of the older posts that are posted there. Um, but yeah, uh, there, there is like a, an issue with, um, uh, the Ryzen CPUs, the latest ones. Uh, apparently it crashes the game. So I made a fix bundle for Windows. Like it's a patch you need to apply. It's a bit annoying, but I haven't found a better solution yet. But yeah, most of the time, yeah, website is good. Uh, a question we get often is like, why aren't you on Steam or, or the Microsoft Store and everything? Because like that's convenient. Um, the problem with those platforms is that, um, we, we are a 20-year-old project. Uh, if you go on Steam and you crash a release, like, I don't know, something's buggy or whatever, then the, the, the thing is, like, you, you're going to get, like, a big ton of uh, negative reviews, and those are just not going to go away anyway, anytime soon, if ever. And so it would be dumb to crush the project because of this. I've been considering it though because of the, the number of players could be like, uh, I talked with some guy at Inkscape, which is the open source equivalent of, uh, Adobe Illustrator, uh, Joel's you to do vectorial image stuff. And uh, he said like, he, they just put the, the, the software on, on the Microsoft store and the, the next week they got like 600,000 K and was like, okay. And they just, didn't do anything, like just not a advertisement, anything. Mm. And I was like, oh yeah, we should do this. Like, I mean, that's, that's the best way to reach players and stuff. <laughs> the thing is, uh, like the, the coronavirus, like we got like the, the spike of players. So the spike is like 300 players at the same time, which is like nothing. And at that point we were like struggling to get the server alive. And so if tomorrow they're like, I don't know, 2000 or 
5,000 people that connect at the same time. I don't know if we can imagine the quality <laughs> of service like that would be yeah. sufficient for people. And also, those people would come rushing on the forums. And for now, I can like answer everyone. Like Usually, it's fine. But like I won't be able to handle the, the influx of people. And I have no idea how bad that can backfire on the project. Yeah. So yeah, it's going to be considered like, I think when we have like um, no big bugs, like nothing that crushes the game uh, in obvious ways and everything like when, then we can consider, well, at that point we make sure that we are in the spotlight for the good reasons. And I think we can go on these platforms, but like for until then, uh, we need to wait. Yeah, there is no, no other, no other wait for us to, to make it work. Some people suggested a, a site called itch.io, uh, which is like a Steam, but with less players and more tolerant people. So we might go there to see how it plays out. But yeah, no, no official stuff. Yeah. Okay, that's cool. Um, so what about, uh, so if I want to learn more about the game, I can go to play080.com, right? Yeah, right. So if I go there, I can find out there's forum links, there's support, there's information yeah. about how to get the source code, all the modding and stuff like that. Uh, what about uh, social then? Is there a way, can I, are there Twitter accounts, uh, Facebook, Instagram, that kind of thing? Are they all just play play080 or something like that? Uh, yeah, uh, so... Uh, I don't know how you will uh, broadcast this podcast, but uh, I sent you uh, an image with like all the, the websites. So most sure, of the time yeah. it's Play Ready. I think for Instagram it's like Play dot official uh, because okay. like uh, some kind of random spam bot actually took <laughs> the. But yeah, uh, we have like so Instagram, Reddit, uh, Facebook, Twitter, Mastodon, um, which is like uh, the open source equivalent of uh, Twitter. And I think uh, we, we have some of unofficial discords. Um, sure. We actually tried to get there, but the thing is due to privacy concerns, like we, we can't like manage anything like this. And because of the GDPR, it's like really problematic. So we had to back everything down and say, well, we're not going there. So we just on IRC, like, which is kind of old fashioned. But yeah, if you really want to talk to us directly, you can go there. Uh, usually, I would answer on the forums, though. If you really need something really specific, you can just contact me directly uh, on the forums. Just send me a message or whatever. But yeah, sure. best place for like anything technical or broken is in the forums. like Because that's where I'm the most likely to get programmers to look at whatever you posted on Facebook and everything. It's like way more difficult to get them there, if ever. And yeah, but yeah, so we, we, uh, we usually try to answer as much as possible. There has been like a, a surge of activity recently on social media and like it kind of has come to an end because the guy just like went uh, MIA for, for a bit. So yeah, we're just like trying to, that's the life of open source. Like it's a bit of, uh, sure, yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. Okay. Uh, well, well, thank you ever so much for sitting down and chatting with us uh, about uh, Zero AD. I genuinely think it's an amazing game. It's gorgeous to look at, and it's loads of fun to play. Um, and, you know, if if folks want to check, you can go back far enough in uh, in our uh, 
uh, Twitter conversations. I'm sure I've recommended it to a whole bunch of people before. It is loads of, it's loads of fun. It's free and it's gorgeous to look at. You can't get much better than that, can you? Not without Definitely. paying any money, but yeah. just watch us. <laughs> Fair enough. Definitely okay, going to get Chief to give this a go, I think. Yeah, right definitely. Up his alley. Yeah. It really is. And, you know, um, I'll say it now. If I ever get around to figuring out how to do game streaming on this machine, because I've had a few problems, um, that'll be the first one that I do, uh, wow. because it is loads of fun to play. And uh, I think it, it needs more eyes on it, is what I'm saying. More people need to play it. But, uh, yeah, so... Like I said, uh, thank you ever so much, Stan, for sitting with us and talking about it today. Uh, thank really you for the opportunity. Like, uh, I was really happy to be able to do this. Uh, well, I must say I haven't heard of you guys before, but like, I'm happy to, to <laughs> give any podcast. So, yeah, it's nice to be invited to places, I guess. <laughs> awesome. Thank you ever so much. Um, but, yeah, uh, so, yeah, just do a little bit of plug-in of our own social stuff, and then we'll be, uh, we'll be off. Um, so... Uh, yeah, definitely. If you, uh, if you've listened to the, to the podcast so far, you want to find out more about Zero AD, either head to playzeroad.com or if you're listening on a phone or whatever, click through into the show notes. There'll be a full, uh, there'll be a link to wafflingtailors.rocks for the full show notes for the episode. In there, I'll put all of the, I'll put loads of screenshots that I can grab from the website. I'll get loads of uh, links to different places, uh, links to the website, links to all of the different social accounts. So you can you can choose whichever uh, URL you want to go to. So definitely click through to the show notes and check that out. But yes, uh, um, other than that, uh, you can find us over on Twitter. We're on uh, Waffling Tailors, Facebook, Waffling Tailors. Those are the only two services that I know of that we're definitely on. And I'm <laughs> the one that runs those, uh, the, those accounts. So, um, if I don't know about it, it's probably not us. <laughs> but yes, um, so yeah, definitely click through to the full show notes. Have a read of those because I tend to write a little bit more about the episode after we've recorded it. And definitely, definitely check out, uh, Zero AD over at playzeroad.com. And, uh, like I said, thank you ever so much, Stan. I really appreciate it. Intro music is Among the Stars by Muse Station Productions. Outro music is I Need You Watashi no Sabate by GH. Spoiler break music is Spectrum Subdiffusion Mix by Phonics. Palette cleanser music is Breathe Deep, Breathe Clear by Siobhan Degay. See the show notes for more details. The Waffling Tailors podcast is a proud member of the J&J Media Network. To find out more about J&J Media, head over to jayandjay.media or check the show notes for a link.